Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Today to have with us our friends, the Bufords. We would like for both of them to come up if we would. We're going to have Sister Buford testify first. But we'd like for them to come, and um, you may be seated. I appreciate the Bufords. Um, I remember uh, we have been working on this for a long time. It seems like I keep saying this about every preacher that comes up here to preach. <laughs> uh, but I remember at the old uh, United Pentecostal Church headquarters in the parking lot, he was getting in his vehicle, or I was, he was getting out, or I was getting in mine, whatever, and I said, uh, we want to have you come over and preach for us, and he said, well, we'll work that out. We're finally doing it. That tells you how long ago it started, so we're glad to have them here today. Brother Buford is uh, the editor, is that correct, at the World Evangelism Center, and uh, in the Pentecostal Herald, if you get the Pentecostal Herald, which I would recommend you getting that as a subscription and uh, there's uh, always an article at the beginning, and uh, I'm always blessed when I read the article that Brother Buford uh, writes and puts in there. I've, I remember several different articles, and I believe one of them, of course, had a great impression about a gun. <laughs> and, uh, but if you will read those, it will be a blessing to you. And I, every time I read it, I know that Brother Buford has had some time with the Lord to bring these thoughts out, and I thank the Lord for that. So I want to encourage you to do that. Get the Pentecostal Herald, get a subscription to that. And then also, uh, Sister Buford, she is the secretary of the uh, Ladies Ministry International of our organization, and a tremendous uh, woman of God. And she is a great leader, as both of them are. Uh, she gets things done. She gets things done, and I can appreciate that in her leadership. But God bless them. We want Sister Buford to come and leave a word of testimony today. God bless you. Thank you, Brother Burke. It's so exciting to be here on this grand occasion, your pastor's birthday. Wow, wow. Yes, happy, happy birthday. We feel so honored to be here, and I know Sister Burke got up early and brought him coffee to bed and fixed him biscuits and gravy and all of the things for his birthday. If, he, if she didn't, she will be doing that, because I just know her. So happy, happy birthday. I do want to say a big thank you to Sister Burke. I do work very closely with her as the ladies president in Illinois, and uh, she represents this church in the ladies district, the district of Illinois, and thank you, friend. It's a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of going, and to meet boards that are all men, and you walk in, and I've done it, and it's just a bunch of men. We, that's okay, that's okay, but we walk in, and we smile, and we just greet them, because you know what? We need these gentlemen behind us. 
I need my husband behind me. I need pastors behind me. So I wasn't saying that we don't need the gentlemen. We need these men behind us. But it is sometimes walking in and just recently, Sister Gleason and I had to walk into the general board and there were 60-something men and looking at us. But you know what? I felt the presence of God when I walked in. And thank the Lord we need each other because we're a team and we're working together. Sister Sheeks, it's so good to be with you. Bless you. Several years ago, we went on a cruise together. And uh, she is a ball of fun. The laughter, I love to hear her laughter, and it's so good to see you and see that you are doing well. This morning in my Bible reading, I, got, I read a scripture, so I want all of you to get your hand, look at the palm of your hand. All of us, says our palms of our hands are different. So I looked up in Isaiah 49, 16, see I have written your name, this is the Lord speaking, on the palm of of my hand God's got us right where he wants us I love the worship team y'all did a fantastic job leading us in worship but fear is going to leave there's going to be a revival that break out Brother Burke I've got faith I prayed for your brother today during the service we're going to see backsliders to come in so by the palm of our hands he's going to bring a revival here in Bethalta that you've never seen before so I rebuke the fear I rebuke chains that are broken let them go because in the palm of your hands the next time you look at the palm of your hands I want you to remember this scripture in Isaiah see I have written your name on the palm of my hand. Yes, there's an old song. You'll know it. He's got me and you, brother, in his hands, as he does. Thank you so much. God bless you. Glad to be with all of you beautiful people. And uh, Brother Burke, I hope you have a blessed birthday and just celebrate all month and just keep on going to the end of the year. God bless you. Hallelujah. Well, that was good preaching. Thank you. The only time Jesus ever had anything marked in his hand was when a nail went through it. He wrote his, our name in his hands thanks to his sacrifice on Calvary. Amen. Hallelujah. God is so good. We're glad to be here. And I too honor Sister Sheets. God bless her. Matriarch of a family that has a wonderful bunch of people in it. We've met many of them down through the years. And thrilled to meet them all. God bless you. I'm glad to have Brother Tim Burks where I am. He used to be where I was at the, at the office. Then the office moved away and we're no longer together. So sad. <laughs> he, he was a very capable designer for the Pentecostal Herald. Pentecostal Life as well? Yeah. No, just Pentecostal Herald. He, he went through a major change with his excellent work. He guided us through some, some good stuff. And we appreciate what he's contributed to the kingdom. And everything that's happened today, I love it. I love it. I like a church that can honor their pastor and honor God all in the same service. I love that. 
they can they can give him uh, applause and thanksgiving and yet in the same service they give applause and thanksgiving to our heavenly father our king of kings amen but God is good amen I'd like to read a passage of scripture as they I think they're going to be putting scriptures on the wall I feel like the guy back in Daniel's day he saw a finger writing on the wall but here's the scriptures from the book of Psalm it's Psalm 37 and I'm reading the 37th verse it's a simple one Mark the perfect man <laughs> Mark the perfect man <laughs> that's really not my text but it could have been it could have been I told the, the sister in the sound booth that I had a, a, a fake text she said a fake scripture I said no no just a fake text it's real scripture mark the perfect man and behold the upright for the end of that man is peace so to brother Burke may that verse be yours the end of that man be perfect peace Amen. Thankful to Sister Burke for the invitation to come. Thank you. You were very gracious to, to invite us and make all of this happen today. God bless Brother Burke for getting older. When you consider the alternative, not a bad thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Glad to see all of you here. I preached here in Bethalto probably 30 or so years ago back in an old building. Uh, that seemed like it's been 100 years ago, really. And, and I was wanting to make sure I didn't preach the same thing today that I preached back then. I went up to talk to our brother in the sound room, and forgive me for not being able to pull your name up again. What is his name? Arnold. Yeah, yeah I went up to, to talk to him about something. He said, you know, I remember when you preached a revival at one of the local churches and it was probably 30 years or longer ago. And he said, I remember the song you even sung. He's got a good memory. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes. Well, I would like to read a passage of Scripture from the 37th Psalm, but not the 37th. I would like to read the 17th. We'll come back to this and show it later, but let me just open with it. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. Can we pray together? Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your word. It's forever settled, O oh God. We thank you. Thank you for you giving us that word that can help us to be forever settled. God, let us be settled in your word. God, let us be motivated and moved by your spirit, we pray. Let this be a day that will be memorable in the hearts of someone here today. Let this, the word of God, touch and uplift in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated today. Hallelujah. We are living in a very uh, different time. If you are old enough to have a sense of what is happening now you know that this wasn't happening a year ago 
We're in a different time frame. COVID-19 brought, COVID brought us a whole new way of doing life. And it's changed a lot of the things that we used to take for granted. Now it seems as if they've become extra special to us. We're just living in a, in a unique time. We're living in a time in the United States where our nation is perhaps as divided almost as it has ever been in its whole history. There's a huge divide in our, in our nation. And, and it's brought a, a, a sense of confusion to us when we look to this world for any peace and stability. It's brought that confusion to us. Even the delay in, a, in an election conclusion has brought more confusion to folks. And so we're living in a, a very different day. We're living in a day where sin is more rampant than ever. Sin is more in your face than ever before. In your lifetime, even if you're young, for you to speak against sin in your community will bring you more repercussions than it would have done 25 years ago because the community as a whole is drifting farther from the from the stableness of God's word and God's word is no longer their anchor point instead it's something that too many in our community can scorn it we're living in a very unique time an uncertain time a time of confusion and in, in an awareness of the time I want to preach today from, a, from an old song like a bridge over troubled water. And I would like to, to preach from that today. When you, when you look at the book of Acts, there's, there's an amazing uh, passage in the book of Acts. And it's, it's in the 17th chapter, verses 28 and 29. This is... It's happening to Paul. Sister Smith was speaking of Paul earlier. But Paul says, For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then we are the offspring of God, we ought, to, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art or any man's device. But at this point, Paul quoted from their poets. Now, if Paul could do it, I can do it. So I'm going to quote today from one of our poets. You know, I've preached before about Blue Christmas. I'll have a blue Christmas without you. I'll be so blue thinking about you. But one line of that song says, I'll be doing all right with my Christmas of white. Or you'll be doing all right. But I'll have a blue, blue Christmas. You need a little Elvis on that, but that's beside the point. But I preached about that one time. But today I want to go back to a song written in 1969 by one of a duo written by Paul Simon, but it was sung by Art Garfunkel. And some of you who were alive back in 69, 
you, you may remember the song a little bit, but it was a, it was a neat song. Rolling Stone magazine said it was number 40, I'm holding up two fingers, it was number 47 of the top 500 songs ever written. That ranking pretty high. So Paul Simon wrote a pretty good song. There was a song though in 1958 that was written that had a little line in it that was very similar. And this was written by Claude Jeter. And when he wrote his song, the song was Mary, Don't You Weep. But in the, in the line in that, it says, I'll be your bridge over deep water if you trust in me. And somewhere that was, that was in Simon's mind, according to, to some of his statements. And from that little phrase, he, he wrote his song, perhaps to his wife, that's a little debatable. But the old... Swan Silvertones sang Claude Jeter's song. But then when Simon wrote his Bridge Over Troubled Water, been a lot of people sing it. Simon and Garfunkel sang it. Aretha Franklin sang it. Elvis Presley sang it. The Winans sang it. The Jackson Five sang it. Whitney Houston sang it. Roberta Flack sang it. Buck Owens and the Buckaroos sang it. <laughs> Willie Nelson sang it. I'd love to hear his version of it. Leanne Ryan sang it, probably with a little yodel in it. Ann Murray sang it. Can you believe that? Michael W. Smith sang it. Johnny Cash sang it. The Man in Black. Can you believe that? Perry Como sang it. Elton John sang it. Stevie Wonder sang it. Peggy Lee sang it. I've sung it, never public. But they're going to show the words. I want you to look at this, the song that Paul Simon wrote. When you're weary, feeling small, when tears are in your eyes, I will dry them all. I'm on your side. When times get rough and friends just can't be found, like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. When you're down and out, when you're on the street, when evening falls so hard, I will comfort you. I will take your part. When darkness comes and pain is all around, like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. And then he wrote a little part possibly to his wife. Sell on, silver girl. Sell on by. Your time has come to shine. All your dreams are on their way. See how they shine? If you need a friend... I'm sailing right behind like a bridge over troubled water. I will ease your mind like a bridge over troubled water. I will ease your mind. Now this was a secular man writing it what was conceived at that point as a secular song. 
But I would like to, to take a little lesson from Paul. I would like to quote from some poets of our day, a songwriter of our day. And I would like to tell you here today that God will be your bridge over troubled waters. When your night is dark, he will lay himself down and be the bridge over your troubled water. He'll do it for you. Now in my King James Bible, the word bridge is not in there at all. Did you know that the word bridge is not in the Bible? In the King James? The word bridge is not there. But in the Bible, there were times when people came to trouble water or trouble at the water and somehow God brought them through their troubled waters. I'd like to talk to you tonight or today very quickly about the first two, spend a little time on the third. The first time that I would like to call your attention to is when Moses and the children of Israel left Egypt. God brought them out with a mighty hand. Ten plagues, the, children, the, the people of Egypt said, get out of here, you've ruined our nation. Leave, please. Take what we've got, go. And so they left. They got to the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army came behind them, mountains on either side. There was no way to go at all because of the Red Sea in front of them. But God put a plan in the mind of Moses and Moses stretched out his hand and rod in obedience and God parted the waters when they were at a time of a troubled waters. God just parted the waters. A few years after that, children of Israel are leaving their time of wandering and they're going to cross over into the promised land. They come to the Jordan River and that troubling water is between them and their promised land. But God was not hindered by that. He was, the, he was the creator of all of that. And he stepped on the scene. God instructed Jacob or Joshua and Joshua instructed the people. And when the priest's feet touched the waters, they were carrying the ark. When their feet touched the water, the waters of that Jordan River parted. And again, those children of Israel walked across on dry land. Why? Because God has a plan and a way to get us across our troubled waters. I will be a bridge over your troubled waters. I can get you across to the other side. If you don't see a way, just understand, I am the way. I will be your bridge over your troubled water. Any of you have a little trouble? Any of you that trouble is a stranger to you? <laughs> no, we're first name basis. But there was another time in the Gospels. Jesus tells his disciples, get in a boat and go to the other side. And they obey. They get in the boat and they head for the other side. He's somewhere, but he's not there. And in the middle of the night, a storm comes. The storm is, is roiling, R-O-I-L. It's, it's roiling the waters. The winds are blowing. The, the ship is small and they're afraid. And in the middle of the night, they... they come in contact with the one who gave them the commandment to start with. And I'll just tell you a little side note. God's commandments carry with them the power to carry out the command. Don't ever doubt his command because his command, inherent is that in that command is the power to carry out that command. 
And he told them, go to the other side. But the storm is raging. They're afraid they're going to be sunk. Jesus comes walking on the water. They didn't know if it was a ghost. They didn't know what it was. But, but finally, Jesus addressed them. And Peter says, Lord, if that's really you, bid me to come to you walking on the water. I wish I was like Peter. Boats are good to stay in, not to jump out of. And in the middle of the storm, he puts his, his leg across the gunwale of the boat. He steps out on that, that, that shaky, soft, turbulent water. And it holds him up. He starts walking toward Jesus with his eyes on Jesus. Jesus helped him walk on his troubled waters. When he took his eyes off Jesus, he started sinking. Jesus was not content just to let him sink because he was an obedient man. Jesus reached down and picked him up, set him on the, on the, the, the liquid water beside him. You know, if it didn't hold me up, Lord, how's it holding you up? Don't even question it. Just walk with him. And they both got back in the boat. Everything was wonderful. Why? Because Jesus said, well, Paul Simon said, like a bridge over troubled waters, I will lay me down. I will lay me down. When we're tired, when we're weak, when we're confused, when we're filled with doubt and filled with pain and we're wrestling with unanswered questions, when we're walking with halting steps because we don't know the way through the confusion of our current world, He will be our bridge. He will be our bridge. He will carry us across. He will do it. And I go to our text in Psalm 37, verse 17. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The Lord upholdeth the righteous. I'm going to go through a few scriptures, and it's not going to take long to go through these. Don't worry. When I gave the list to the, to the sound people, I said, please tell them. Don't, it's not going to be as long as all those scriptures look like. <clears throat> I'm glad to know some things as a fact. And if I can understand factually... God will carry me if I'm righteous with him. He will carry me. He will uphold me. It doesn't matter how shaky the world is, how much confusion or fear is, is reigning in the world. By God's grace, he will uphold the righteous. We were driving over here today, and we crossed the Alton Bridge. That's a weird bridge. Uh, any of y'all remember when it was built? Yeah. I remember when it was built, but I don't remember the inconvenience of it being built. I'm sure there was a lot of inconvenience, but when it was finally built, my brother's an architect. He, builds, he built bridges and roads and stuff, but, but I, I called him and I had to describe him. Of course, in all of his smarts, he told me what kind of bridge it was and all of that. You know, there's all kind of bridges in the world. There's little foot bridges. There's arch bridges. 
The Lake Pontchartrain Bridge is a beam bridge. There's truss bridges. There's cantilevered bridges. There's a main one in Queensborough Bridge in New York City is a cantilevered bridge. There's, there's suspension bridges. I guess the Alton Bridge is, is, is a mix of some of those, but there are suspension cables there. But the longest bridge in all the world, anybody want to guess how long the longest bridge in the world is? I know it'd just be a guess, but it's 102.4 miles long. It's a beam, beam bridge structure. It's in China. 102 miles long. In my home state, New Orleans, there's a bridge crosses Lake Pontchartrain. It's 23.88 miles long. When you get on that bridge, don't be hungry when you start. You know, eat before you go. All kind of bridges. But the Bible never mentions bridges by word, by name. But Psalms 27, verses 1 through 7. It's a great passage of Scripture. Let me just read it quickly. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies. <clears throat> Excuse my voice. It's not hurting me, but I feel sorry for you right now. My head is lifted up. That doesn't mean he was decapitated. But it means everybody else may have their heads hanging down in sorrow and sadness and confusion, but by God's grace, he's our bridge and he upholds even, lifts up our head. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is thy refuge, even the most high thy habitation. I'm sorry, I skipped a verse. Go back to Isaiah chapter 46. My apologies, ladies. Isaiah 46, beginning with verse 3. Hearken unto me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel. Look how it's phrased. Which are born by me from the belly, which are carried from the womb. And even to your old age, I am he. And even to whore hairs, it means white, white hairs will I carry you. I have made and I will bear, even I will carry and I will deliver you. It doesn't matter what your age, what your dilemma, what your status, he will be your bridge over your troubled waters. You can rest in Jesus Christ. He will lay himself down and be your bridge. Psalm 91 verses 11 and 12. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands lest thou dash thy foot 
against a stone. He will give his angels charge over you and they will bear you up. You know, we quote the scripture and believe the doctrine that the devil believes in one God and trembles. When, when God speaks his word, the devil has to obey. When the psalmist wrote that particular passage of scripture way before the birth of Christ, when, it, when Christ was born, grew, he started his temptations in the wilderness. This is one of the verses that the devil brought back to Jesus in his temptation. If you will just go up to the temple, get on the roof, the ceiling, the, the spire, wherever, get up there high and jump off, surely the angels will bear you. Even the devil remembers that scripture. And the next time that you are struggling, the next time you're in a period of confusion, you don't even have to quote the words of the psalmist. You can quote the words of the enemy himself. He knows for a fact that the, the Lord can send angels to bear you up. I will be that, that bridge over your troubled waters. I will bear you up. Psalm 69, verses one through three. Save me, O God, for the waters are coming to my soul. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I come into deep waters and the floods overflow me. I am weary of my crying. My throat is dried. Mine eyes fell while I wait for my God. I'm in deep waters. Any of you felt you was in deep waters? The waves were dashing against you and your vessel and you, was, you were threatened by the things going on around you. Psalm 119, longest chapter in the Bible, by the way. Verse 116, Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Hold thou me up and I shall be safe and I will have respect unto thy statutes continually. God is, is letting us know through a psalmist that he will uphold us according to his word. And one of the phrases, let me not be ashamed of my hope. The worship, the singing that was done earlier that we were all participating in, I felt an, an upswing, a current of air letting me up in hope because it defined again where my hope rests, where my hope lies. My help cometh from the Lord. Psalm 37, verse 17, we've read it. Let's go to verse 24. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Doesn't matter how bad it gets, there's a bridge over our troubled water. Hallelujah. change in direction going to a New Testament verse Hebrews, book of Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28 so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation that's not the first verse that identified this but it's a good one he identified 
the purpose for his coming. He came to bear the sins of many. That is not B-A-R-E like to take off clothes. It's B-E-A-R. To carry. I'm going to, I'm going to, relieve of you your burden of sin and when my back is beaten and the nails go through my hands and I'm hung on a cross I will bear your sins by taking that load from you I am also bearing you (laughs) I'm reminded of an old story back in the old horse and buggy days or there was a farmer He grew produce. He harvested a good group of produce. It was market day. He put his produce in a box and he starts walking, carrying his produce to market. The box is big, it's awkward, it's heavy, and he's struggling walking with it. But another farmer comes by on his way to market, but he's got a mule and a wagon. He pulls up behind, beside that walking farmer and he says, John, why don't you get up in the wagon with me? Said, we can, we can go to town that way and it'll be easier on you. And farmer John thought that was a good idea. He climbed up in the wagon, he sat down in the seat and he put his box of produce in his lap. He had it in his lap for a while and, and the other farmer was driving the team of horses and this guy's sitting here with his with his box of produce still in his lap. Finally, the former says, you know, why don't you sit your produce on the floor of the wagon? It'll be a lot easier on you, and it won't be any harder on my mule. And that's how we are a lot of times. Too often, God carries us. We get in his wagon to mix metaphors. He's carrying us, but we still want to carry our own baggage. That's why in Hebrews chapter 12, opening with verse 1, wherefore seeing aside, seeing we are also are compared about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He's telling us, the writer of Hebrews, speaking on behalf of God, lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so be easily beset you. It's time to understand that he will be our bridge over troubled waters, but we don't need to carry our baggage onto that bridge. We can allow him to do that. First Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Sometimes in the middle of our despair, in the middle of our confusion, in the middle of our pain, we think God doesn't care. If he did care, it would be different. If he did care, it wouldn't be this way. But I want to give you a fact tonight, today. The fact is, cast your care on him 
for he careth for you. It doesn't matter how you feel about it. The fact is, he cares for you. If you lay aside the weight and the sin which doth so easily beset you, you can run with patience a race that is set before you. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus is saying, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Walking with Jesus is not a difficult thing. It is a blessed life. When you climb up on that bridge over troubled waters, you are a blessed individual. He's our bridge over troubled waters. There's a YouTube floating out there. I, I looked for it. I was wanting to show it to y'all today. That's, that would have made it go even longer, wouldn't it? You may want to find it. It's, it's a picture of a little boy and a little girl. They're walking on a little narrow uh, sidewalk of a thing that's, that's shabby and shackly. And, and there's a place where the sidewalk is broken. There's a puddle of water there. And the, the boy and the girl have to get across that. Well, the boy in, in that, he's just a little fellow, but in that, in that largeness of his heart, he lays down across that gap. You know, head and shoulders on one end, feet on the other end, and he's, he's, he's the bridge over that gap, and he tells his little sister, walk on across. And she very carefully and tenderly, she walks across her husband's or her brother's back to get to the other side. And when I see that, when I see it in my mind, I realize what Jesus Christ did for me. There was a chasm between me and my promised land. I could not get there by myself. I could not get from here to there by myself. But he became a bridge over my troubled water. He laid himself down. Nobody forced him to go to the cross. That cross was laying on the ground. It was made out of a tree that he had made. There were nails there made out of iron ore that he had put in the ground. Nobody forced him there. He said, you're not taking my life. I'm willingly giving. He laid himself down and became a bridge for me and for you to go from where we are, whatever state it is, to our promised land. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 2. Begin with verse 1. I kind of talked through it instead of reading it. Jesus entered Capernaum. He was there some days or some time. And after being there a while and doing a few things, people around started hearing about it and it was noised abroad. When things start happening in here, you can rest assured it will be noised abroad that's a, that's a glorious promise of God many were gathered together in a house he was teaching probably healing some and there was one man who had palsy who could not get in the house because of the press now this is not media it's not fake news kind of stuff this is the the press of people. There were so many people crammed in. He couldn't cut that. He was had palsy. He couldn't do much of anything. But he couldn't get through the window. He couldn't get through the doors. Jesus was here, and he had some friends, four faithful friends, 
And verse three says, and they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. Not B-O-R-N, these four guys didn't give birth to him, but it's B-O-R-N-E. He was carried by four of his friends. They tore the ceiling off the roof and they let him down on a pallet or a stretcher. They lowered him down in the front of Jesus. People backed up in the crowd as much as they could. The she-rock dust was falling all over them. And Jesus told him some amazing things. You know, Jesus surprises his friends, but he also surprises his enemies. And he did it. And when Jesus saw that, the, their faith, he said to the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. That's not why he's there. Those four friends didn't bring him down through the roof so he could get his sins forgiven. They let him down through the roof because they didn't want to have to take care of him anymore. They didn't want to have to pack him around. They were tired of bringing this man. No, I don't know that. They were his friend. But they heard Jesus say something that was different from what they thought they needed. That's happened to me before. I go to God and I pray in a certain way and I hear something surprisingly different from what I was wanting to hear. But if I will trust him, he will be my bridge. And scribes were sitting there and they said, what, this guy's speaking blasphemies. Who does he think he is, God? Huh. Great question. And Jesus said, why reason ye these things in your heart? What is easier for me to tell this guy, your sins are forgiven thee, or to tell this guy, take up your bed and walk. Just walk on out. Well, what is easier? He asked the, the religious folk. What's easier? But I love the way Jesus arranged this Scenario, But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up his bed, and went forth before them all. Insomuch they were all amazed, glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. That's an amazing story. But this guy came into the presence of God being born or carried by four friends. That's all they could do. That's all they could do. But he needed more than what those four men could do. When Jesus appeared in his problems, Jesus was able to be the bridge over his troubled waters. Not just to get him out of his house and into the church house, but Jesus was able to get him out of that situation healed and forgiven to the astonishment of all the onlookers. Jesus has a way of doing it. Romans 5, verses 6 and 8. But when we... Everybody point to yourself. We. Because that's all of us. I would point to you, but that may be ill-mannered. So I'll point to me. Let you point at yourself. We, we were yet without strength. Christ died for the ungodly. 
You know, it's, it's never really safe to ask a bunch of questions. Sometimes you get more information than you want. You ever regretted opening a conversation? Well, how are you feeling? There was a man in my life one time, he's a good man, pastor of the church in the Houston area. And he and I had a, had a good relationship. We could tease and laugh at each other, you know. And I saw him at a, a camp meeting, maybe. I saw him there, and his name was Brother Arthur Posey. And I said, oh, Brother Posey, how are you doing? Is your family all well and kicking? And he said, no, I buried my mother last week. I was horrified that in such a light moment, but I didn't know. But there's sometimes you ask a question and you, you get more information than you want. Well, this scripture says Christ died for the ungodly. And, and at the risk of doing what I just was talking about, how many of you were ungodly when you came to an altar? Any of you? Now, this is amazing. I've never seen so many godly people. Some of you didn't raise a hand. You mean when you knelt your knee at an altar, when you asked God to forgive you, you were godly? What was you asking for forgiveness for? No. We were ungodly. Every one of us. When we came into the presence of God that first time, we came as rank, raw sinners. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When you're weary, feeling small, when tears are in your eyes, I will dry them all. I'm on your side. When times get rough and friends just can't be found, like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. When you're down and out, when you're on the street, when evening falls so hard, I will comfort you. I'll take your part. When darkness comes and pain is all around, like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. If you need a friend, I'm sailing right behind. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will ease your mind. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will ease your mind God has a way of taking their poets and bringing us words that we can see coming to life as a picture of what Jesus Christ is doing John 15 verses 12 through 14 this is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You're my friends. 
if you do whatsoever I command you greater love hath no man than this that a man would lay down his life for a friend like a bridge over troubled waters I will lay me down now Paul Simon wasn't sanctified when he wrote that song and it's not sanctified when I present to you it to you today but I tell you what is sanctified while we were yet sinners Christ died for us he laid down his life for us now there may be times in your life when you had a, an impossible situation and God parted the waters and you walked through on dry land you may have had some of those miraculous experiences or, or there may have been a time where the trouble was so great around you that, that you would think you was going to sink and, and be destroyed, but God just picked you up and walked with you right across your troubles. It happens in different ways. But oftentimes, he becomes a bridge over our troubled waters. And he's able to take us from our land of wanderings to our land of promise over his bridge across our troubled waters. When he brings us out of a time of captivity, when he brings us out of sin, as the song said, when those chains have fallen off, there's still some troubles around us. But if we rely on him and relax in him, he will lay himself down and become a bridge over our troubled waters. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he closed that passage, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. I'm glad to be in a church who is obedient to God's word. And I'm glad that you live your life outside this church, obedient to God's word. That tells me you're a friend of God. And that tells me that he offered his life. He became a bridge for you, as well as so many, so many others. Shall we stand? I'm gonna turn the service back to you, pastor, in just a moment. Brother Mark, the perfect man. I didn't mean that disrespectful to call you by your first name. I opened by identifying some of the troubles that we see in our world today. I talked about the pandemic, but I didn't talk about other illnesses that people have. I didn't talk about surgeries that you may have had or coming up. I didn't talk about difficult breathing, not because of COVID, but for other reasons. I didn't talk about a whole lot of other troubles that people have. In Bethalto, in St. Louis, we have them. I opened up by telling you about the troubles. But I'm not closing by telling you about the troubles. I'm closing by inviting you to come walk across this bridge 
I'm not given a litany of, of problems. I'm not even wanting to raise in your mind all of your problems. But instead, I want to see in our mind's eye that one who laid down his life for his friends. I want to see the one who, who did more with the man with palsy than just, than just bear him from home to the presence of Jesus. But Jesus is able to take you today from the brokenness of whatever you're experiencing to health and wholeness in him. There still may be struggles and, and difficulties. I understand that. But he's able to do that one other thing that doctors cannot do, surgeons cannot do, but an eternal God in heaven who laid himself down on the cross was crucified for your sins. He bore our sins on his cross. They buried him in a tomb, but the story didn't end there because his carrying you was not over. He came out of that tomb. That's a great song. He came out of that tomb. Resurrection morn. But then he told them, wait for me, tarry for me in that upper room. And they went and they tarried. A few days went by and they stayed in his presence. They were unified in their hunger, their passion, their desire for whatever God had to offer. But then when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all there one mind and one accord and all of a sudden the bridge showed up as he filled people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost on that first inaugural day he gave people an understanding a depth of experience that they hadn't had before Peter who was a, a courageous man at times but he lied and denied Jesus Christ when the pressure really was there Something happened. There was a bridge built that Peter could stand on. And on the day of Pentecost, he proclaimed boldly what he had denied earlier. Why? Because he was standing on a bridge of experience with Jesus Christ that he had never had before, that infilling of his spirit. I invite you today, forgiveness of sin, infilling of, with his spirit, that filling you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God is here to do wonders, to do amazing things, to be a bridge in your life. Brother Burke, as you come, I would just like for everyone to not forget about the bridge that Jesus Christ can be in your life. Let him make that eternal support system for you, even today. God bless you. Amen. When you cross over that bridge, there's...